0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash
1: party today.
0: Welcome to a Guided Life podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at guidedwest11, on Instagram at guidedwest, and on Twitter at laurawest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book Guided is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Melissa Conkling. Melissa is a certified professional hypnotist, NLP practitioner, and life coach. Driven by her compassion and her own personal transformation, she takes pride in guiding her clients to create powerful changes in their lives. As a hypnotist, her goal is to empower spiritually curious women entrepreneurs to find their soul-aligned niche through a hybrid of coaching and hypnosis so they can align their business with their passions and purpose. She was recently named one of the 10 Best Hypnotists by Natural Nutmeg Magazine in 2020 and 2021 and was featured on the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You know, when we spoke earlier before coming on here, we talked about your journey. And I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about it, to hear all the amazing things that have happened to you, and perhaps maybe not so amazing as they were occurring. But uh, I I just can't wait to hear your story.
1: Awesome. I can't wait to share it. So, so... About, wow, three, almost four months ago now, I kind of had this huge realization because I've been running a business for almost three years now and it was going all right. And as a hypnotist, it's something that can be spiritual or it can be the sciencey side. And I had been working mostly on the sciencey side of things, the more logical things, more common things that hypnosis is used for. And then all of a sudden, about four months ago, I decided to entirely change directions. And It all came about because I started using hypnosis to further my spiritual journey on my own. So I was developing the spiritual tools and decided to start using them with clients more as well. I would say about a year ago, I started really getting more into the spiritual side of hypnosis specifically. So it kind of flowed well into my business, but I feel like I've always had that spiritual curiosity and you know spiritual leaning for as long as I can remember, like since at least high school, maybe earlier, I don't know. But definitely like late high school, college, I started getting really into the spiritual things, but never really knew where to go with it. It was one of those things that I was always interested in it and felt connected to it. But I thought as far as really getting into it and even pursuing it deeper or as a career, I felt like it was something for like the chosen few. And even as I was getting into hypnosis and I knew probably early on that it was something that I wanted to go in that direction, but I felt like I needed some sort of special training that I hadn't had yet. Until about four months ago when I realized that I'd already been doing it with myself and kind of sneaking it in with clients. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, I'm doing this already. So curious to hear what,
0: what the difference is between spiritual hypnosis and sciency hypnosis.
1: Um, Just how it's being used. I was working with weight loss with sports performance with all that kind of stuff. And hypnosis by nature is a scientific state. It's a, where our brain waves are. It's just a lowered brain activity state of mind. But it can also be used to access our intuition and access our higher self and all of that other stuff. Because when our conscious mind goes to the background, it's much the way it works with working on everything else, our logical, logical mind doesn't get in the way of saying, but am I really trusting my intuition now? So it works basically the same way as it does with like helping someone change their habits. That's just so, so
0: fascinating. It would it would you say it's similar to like doing a past life regression?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
0: The the one psych psychiatrist psychiatrist or psychologist that comes to mind is dr michael newton and all of his work with uh his case studies of the life between lives that he found doing these past well he didn't know he was doing past life regressions or that's where he was going that so that kind of reminds me of this so fascinating to learn about where these souls go in between lives so a great read if no one's read it yet yeah, I have not. I'll have to oh, check. That you gotta out. put that in there. Journey of Sol- souls is what it's called. It's very, very fascinating. So if we can go back even a little bit further, tell us a little bit about you know your childhood and what shaped you.
1: I would say the biggest thing that shaped me as far as like going on this journey, and it's something that I've been getting much more into again, is really being out in nature all the time. I grew up working on a Christmas tree farm. So we were outside all the time. We were out in the woods all the time. Like after school, like lots of kids would go and play with their friends and I would go out and like go fishing in our river or go hang out in my tree fort that was like in the middle of the woods, like things like that. And I always enjoy like doing that by myself like when my friends would come over and they'd kind of want to go to like hang out where I hung out I remember feeling like oh but this is my place and I think that as I have been getting deeper into like intentionally learning about different spiritual things the the idea of nature and the wisdom of trees and all of this kind of stuff I feel like that's why I enjoyed being out in the middle of the woods so much. I feel like it was just something that I understood at a level that I didn't get then. And now looking back on it, it's like, oh, that's why I've always felt so comfortable there. So I feel like that is by far the biggest thing that kind of shaped my journey. And my parents are both like environmentalists. And both were raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic, but very open minded. So kind of encouraged that. I do think my dad also was a communicator with trees. I don't know if he ever put it that way, but I think he did. Just like looking back on things that he said growing up, I was like, I'm pretty sure he was in on this and knew about it and just didn't know how to tell us. <laughs> I feel like that probably the biggest thing from childhood that really shaped that journey.
0: So where were you fast forwarding now, right before you had your aha moment, that point that changed things for you regarding your intuition or your journey? So
1: like I said, I had been developing and growing my hypnosis business, and there are probably two things that stand out the most. One, like I had been focusing in weight loss, which I knew from the minute I started hypnosis and got my certification that that is not what I wanted to focus on, but it's what people were coming to me for. So it's the direction that I went in, but I always knew I wanted to change. And last November... I had started making moves to switch my niche, but I still didn't know quite where I wanted to go yet. And I still hadn't quite figured out how to use hypnosis on the more spiritual side yet. And then my father actually got sick and passed away. And when he did, it was during COVID. It was before there was a vaccine. So we weren't able to go visit him either. So he was all alone. And we knew that he was dying. And I remember just thinking like, and it was more of a matter of like, is it going to happen today or two days from now? So it was any minute now. And I remember going to bed and just being like, all right, there has to be some way I can help him. And I just kind of used self-hypnosis to bring myself into a very relaxed state and just kind of asked my higher self to guide me. And kind of just like sent him love and asked him to give me a sign when he got there. And at some point in time, I heard like the sound of a wooden box closing. And then I kind of drifted off to sleep because this was at night. And then, probably an hour or so later, my sister called me telling me. And as soon as I saw her calling, I was like, oh, that's what that wooden box was. And in the Drawer of my nightstand. I have a wooden jewelry box that he gave me for Christmas years ago.
0: That just came in And that's what it
1: was. (laughs) Yeah. So that was really like, obviously, then, you know, went through the emotional thing of my dad dying. But then, like, a few weeks later, I was like, if I can use hypnosis for that, what else can I use hypnosis for? And it really just opened. The door of possibilities, because I never had even thought of using hypnosis for that,
0: would you, but would you sure yeah. enough,
1: I did <laughs> That's
0: wonderful. I mean, because, like you said, it just it's that same sort of state of mind, right? Yeah. um, so would you say that that was your aha moment?
1: Um in a sense, but it was the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was that, like it was one of those things like I knew I could do it for me. It wasn't until I started helping other people, not with the same thing, but with helping them kind of see where they wanted their life to go. That was really the, oh, doing this with other people now too. Because being able to do that on my own is one thing. Being able to help clients with that is, that's really that confirmation of, okay, I can do this now.
0: Absolutely. Would you mind maybe talking through what it looks like to have that type of session with you? It's a
1: lot of relaxation techniques. It's very similar to like a guided meditation. It's just that you go deeper. Like when we're awake, we're at beta as far as brainwaves. Sleep is delta. Meditation is alpha and hypnosis brings you into theta. So it's just deeper than meditation and just using relaxation and visual techniques to keep you there to get you into that state and to keep you there. And then what I do is a lot of working with metaphors, um, visualization. And what I started doing with clients was kind of having them envision where they want to go at something, like whether it's with their career or with weight loss or with whatever it may be. And, I had a few clients in a row, and this was right before I changed the direction of my business, where I did this certain technique where I just asked them to visualize whatever it was. And I remember one specific client came out of hypnosis. And the thing is, like, when people are coming out of hypnosis, normally they're in a little bit of a daze because it's like they've sort of been asleep for a half hour or 45 minutes. And I remember two specific clients. One was that very first one. And she came out and she's like, she immediately was just like, I didn't even know I wanted that. And it was something to do with her business, like where she had been thinking she was thinking big. All of a sudden, it got much, much bigger in directions that she had never even considered consciously before. So that was the biggest one. And then I had a very similar thing with a client that I was working with on weight loss. But what she saw when I did a very similar technique was herself as a professional athlete or like an elite athlete of some sort. And when she came out, she was like super excited. And she immediately knew what training she needed to start doing, what she needed to start eating to feed her body to be able to achieve that like She instantly knew all of the steps that she needed to take. It was
0: like it like Like, flipped a switch (laughs) and like let everything pour in.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So those were the two biggest things where I was like, aha, I'm on to something now where they're like seeing not even like their future like dream self, but like their actual future self where it wasn't like a here's something that I might want to achieve someday Both of them like saw it as though it were happening right now and didn't question that it was going to happen. It was more of a matter of when. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So, And that's kind of what led me to change my niche to the more spiritual side to help people kind of live their dreams.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like, excuse the expression, but killing two birds with one stone where you may have somebody who wants to come in for weight loss like that one client yet and they've been given all the answers to really propel their fitness so not only do they find either their their purpose or their next step in life but they're also going to lose that weight <laughs> it's like a right. two, two for exactly one. that's pretty amazing. yeah
1: and that's the thing like so many people like when they would come for weight loss and I still have I still work with some clients on that I'm just I get to be choosier now which is great but it's never really about the weight it's what they're holding themselves back from because they think they can't do that with at whatever weight whether it's traveling whether it's pursuing a business and being visible online all kinds of things but it all comes down to the confidence and really being able to live their lives the way they want not just because of the weight
0: got it what do you do when you come across somebody Who says they don't think they can be hypnotized?
1: Well, the fun thing is, is as a hypnotist, I don't really encounter too many of those. Because by the time they're reaching out to me... They're willing. (laughs) They're willing, right. I have a pretty good screening process. But it does happen on occasion. When people say that, it's almost always a misunderstanding of what hypnosis is, first of all, and what it feels like, because I actually didn't think I could be hypnotized, you know, before I got into hypnosis, because I had always been to stage shows where you see the people doing crazy stuff up on stage, and I'm a more reserved person. So there was no way I would ever let my guard down enough to do that. So because that was the only thing I knew about hypnosis, and I would be out there in the audience like kind of wishing, but also knowing that, nope, not going to happen, but wondering like, okay, why am I not feeling anything? I must not be able to be hypnotized. But that's just because I didn't really want to be. You have to want to be hypnotized. So by the time people are reaching out to me, they want to be hypnotized because people have that idea of what. It looks like when people are on stage where they're like totally out of it, totally out of control, people think that it's supposed to feel like otherworldly in a sense, and it doesn't. It really just feels like you're relaxing. It can feel like you're kind of like daydreaming a little bit because it really just, to me, it's it feels like that point when you're falling asleep and you're not all the way asleep yet, but you're definitely not awake either. That's what it feels like. It's just that like sometimes you remember more than other times.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting state for myself. That's usually when I get a lot of spirit activity (laughs) and interaction is when I'm in that state.
1: That state while you're falling asleep is the state of hypnosis because everyone goes in and out of it every day, at least twice when we wake up in the morning and when we fall asleep at night. There you go. And when we're daydreaming, daydreaming is also a big one. That's why like that's why everyone has wonderful ideas when they're in the shower zoning out because we go into hypnosis.
0: But you did bring up a good point as far as what that preconceived notion is about hypnosis, Mm -hmm. because I know myself, I had that before I investigated past life regression and heard about friends who, you know, went to see a hypnotist to stop smoking and things like that. So I had that preconceived notion, like at the county fair, where they're hypnotizing people on stage. Right. I'm like, why would anybody want that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's such I a I was point. always
1: kind of the same way. And because I would never possibly, like even now as a hypnotist, like when I got certified, we... I went to Las Vegas. That's where the training that I did was. And we would go to hypnosis comedy shows to see like the hypnosis in action and like analyze it from a what we just learned standpoint. And even then, like I would try to go up, like I'd go up on stage and try to get hypnotized and like the first like five minutes I'd be like, oh, maybe. And then I'd be like, no, I know what happens in this show and not happening. And like yeah. just snap myself right out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm not barking like so, a dog because somebody pretty snapped my fingers.
1: <laughs> yeah, except it's Vegas. So it wasn't just barking like a dog. Oh no, yeah, forget that. <laughs> yeah, it was like not happening. Tell
0: me more about what happened after you had that Aho moment, you figured out this is something you could do spiritually. How was that journey for you making that switch even in your practice?
1: So the interesting thing that happened, and this is actually something I've been talking about a lot this past week. Because what I switched to was helping people find a niche within their business that is a li- in line with their purpose. Because I knew for me that I one hundred percent was was not. And then once I realized, like, oh, this is what I'm meant to be doing. I started seeing all of the different holes and like how many other people are in businesses where it just doesn't feel right and they can't, on paper, everything should add up right. It's good niche, they're good at it, all this kind of stuff, but their heart just isn't in it because it's not what they're meant to be doing. So I kind of help people to guide through that, finding what is in line with their purpose and then also making that change. And for me, I believe that it actually happened fairly seamlessly because I have always liked talking about the spiritual side of things. So even when I was focusing in weight loss, I would kind of like trickle in these little bits and pieces of it as much as I possibly could, even though it didn't seem like it went together. So I, For most of my audience that knew that I was into these more spiritual things, it's not like it came out of left field entirely. I think for more people, like there were some people that were kind of interested in the weight loss side of things. So when they saw that I was changing entirely, they're kind of like, oh, bummer. And I had two things happen. One, people reached out saying, well, are you still going to work on that with people one-on-one? I was like, sure. Sure. And then other people just kind of like disappeared, which is fine because, you know, you can't help everyone. Right. But I think because I had been bringing that piece of me, that being authentic to who I was for like the several months beforehand where I had been hiding it previously, I started bringing that out more and more in my content. So then when I was ready to change, it was already all lined up. It didn't come out of left field. It was more like a, oh, that's what she's meant to be doing. If that makes any sense. I think anyone who is looking to change their niche, because they don't feel like they're in line, like start being authentically you first, because that's how you're going to find what you love doing. And it's going to start easing your audience into what you really, really care about also. So when you make that change.
0: And it doesn't feel like work anymore after that too, right? Because you're so passionate and excited about it.
1: Yeah. I would say over the summer, which was when I was getting really, really frustrated with my business and business was slowing down. Like the more frustrated and bored I got with the niche, the more business slowed down and the more it just felt like so much work trying to do like the simplest of things. Like trying to write a post for Facebook seemed like the most daunting thing in the world. Like I have no idea what to write. And now, like, I have days where I'll write like five super long posts a day and be like, all right, which one should I post first? <laughs> because it's all just flowing so much easier. And it's been like that almost every day since the beginning of November. There's some days where I'm just like a little tired. So I take a rest. But those are the rare days now, which is awesome, because I really like what I'm talking about.
0: So do you have you found that you listening to what feels right following that intuition has it trickled into other aspects of your life as well? Beyond your business? Uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yes, absolutely. I feel like Once you start listening to your intuition and listening to your higher self in any part of life, it's kind of hard to ignore it in others, for me, anyway. I'm sure there are some people there that are really good at listening in one side but not another, but for me, it's kind of all-encompassing. Now, it's easier to take action in some areas than others, but it's still always there.
0: Tell me about find your fairy
1: tale niche. Tell
0: me about where you came up with that title and
1: so that is the program that is all about helping people find that niche that fits them perfectly because when i changed my niche like like i mentioned i had been getting more and more bored, more and more frustrated and feeling more and more stuck in my niche. And There was a week in, it was the first week in November, and every day that week, another piece of the puzzle just revealed itself, where it literally seemed like I changed my entire business in the course of four or five days because it just happened so perfectly. And then by that Saturday, when I announced that I was changing my niche, it all just Fit. And I remember saying to my business coach, I was like, it just feels like it fits like a glass slipper. And that was what came up with the fairy tale niche idea. And it's funny because I started kind of using it myself. And then other people, like in my Facebook group, started saying, I was like, I think I'm going to name my program that. It just sounds good. And there are some people, like, if I use it outside of my audience, they're like, what does that mean? But then when I explain it, they're like, oh, I like that (laughs) (laughs) because most people know what that glass slipper meaning is, like that thing that just fits you perfectly.
0: I love that you also said as soon as you started listening and following what felt right for your business, things fall into place. And that's what happens, right? When we work with our purpose and with our intuition, things seem to fall into place the less we sort of fight it and kind of go with the flow, but we still have to take action, right? We can't just sit back, let it all happen for us. We still take action and things will just come together. Who do you believe is on the other side of your intuition
1: Mm. or what? Who do I, who (laughs) or what? I believe that we have our higher self that is like our connection to the universe source, whatever you choose to call it. I don't think it's necessarily a who, I think it's a what like just a power. That's the way I think of it. And I think our intuition is the language that our higher self speaks to us through. So oh, that's that. what I think of it as. It's kind of like the little phone line is the intuition and the higher self is connected to everything. I think it's all interconnected.
0: How do you f- so. sense your intuition personally?
1: Uh, it really depends on the day. Uh I often feel like it's more of the claircognizance where I just feel like I know certain things. I feel like that's the most powerful. But I also like with decision making using my intuition, I very much like feel something on one side of my face or the other. Like it almost feels like sunlight versus darkness with a yes versus a no. It's the strangest thing. Like it almost feels like the sun just came shining through the window and then it went away. So I also have that. Like I said, it shows up differently. Yeah.
0: How did you learn that that was your intuition?
1: Um, just through different intuitive training practices that I've done. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting when I really pinpointed like that feeling of like sunlight and like, almost like with having my eyes closed, like looking up in a sense, like, Just a different a feeling of lightness with the sunlight and I kind of I I don't know how I quite pinpointed it it was just kind of that knowing you know yeah it's like oh that's that feeling
0: and And now I can
1: tune into it much quicker which is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's that knowing and then also trusting that, right? Because I'm right. sure it would be so easy to say, oh, it's probably just a hot flash or something, you know, like right. something physiological, but really just trusting that, especially if it's happening, you know, at, at specific times or, uh, and what I mean by specific times would be like when you're in need of guidance or it's very cold out and there's no sun and there's no way. So,
1: well, I will say that happens when I'm intentionally tuning into my intuition, not just the random intuitive hits. So that's why it's like when I'm intentionally using my intuition, like, all right, I need some guidance on this one here. That's what happens. And it's pretty awesome. And it's always this, the left side of my face gets warm and sunny or the right side of my face gets dark and cloudy.
0: Is that like your yes and your no?
1: yeah. That's so so cool. the sunshiny side is yes and the no is dark and cloudy.
0: That's <laughs> wonderful. So if you I mean I imagine you've seen the 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 result of that like using that system and it coming through for you. Every
1: yeah. Time. <laughs> I've I will say another thing I have really figured out about myself and I feel like this is just about everyone is I'm able to tune in to whether I'm ta- trying to talk myself into something or out of something because the talking is always the ego. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trying to talk myself into doing something, it means I shouldn't do it. And if I'm trying to talk myself out of something, it means I should do it because it's the ego that's trying to keep us in our comfort zone.
0: That makes sense. So it's like the intuition's trying to tell you to do, your ego's trying to talk you out of it versus yeah. okay. Or
1: the ego's trying to tell us the opposite of what our intuition is trying to tell us.
0: Got it. Got it. But I imagine that that didn't just like come as a knowing all of a sudden. That probably took some time. No, that is
1: something I realized like in looking back on things. I was like, why was I trying to talk myself out of this certain thing for so long? Because the idea of working with people to help them find their purpose – wasn't a new idea. Like, I went back in journals and had that, like, written down, even though I didn't really consciously remember it more than once. Then when I started looking at, like, why was I questioning that? It was always that, like, talking myself out of the fact that I wasn't ready to do that yet. You know, why would anyone trust me? The typical, like, self-doubt questions. And then with staying with my old niche for as long as I did, I kept trying to talk myself into it and then telling myself like, but you're good at this. People need this, all of that kind of stuff. And then I started seeing it in other people too. And that's when I was like, ooh, this is a thing. (laughs) So you
0: were definitely onto something. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're so right.
1: I never <laughs> thought of it that way before. You're
0: so right. But now
1: like it makes perfect sense cuz our ego is trying to keep us in our comfort zone. Yeah. Of course it's trying to negate our intuition. Right.
0: Our intuition which knows what we're capable of and right, that's usually out of our comfort zone.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. But I've I had never heard it phrased that way. But it's literally like whatever your ego's trying to talk you into, do the opposite. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> do you want to maybe explain a little bit what you mean by ego for some people who maybe don't know what that means?
1: It's the more kind of logical side of our mind that we think is in charge <laughs> because it's the one that's trying to talk us into things and out of things. It's kind of like that shadow part of us that's trying to keep us where we are, not out of like a sense of being evil, but it's trying to keep us safe. It thinks it's keeping us safe because it doesn't know what else is out there and doesn't want us to find out because it might be scary. That's the way I think of it. I'm sure psychologists have a totally different definition, but to me, it's that it's that fear-based side of our mind that just wants to stay safe. It's not trying to hurt us. It's trying to protect us. It just doesn't necessarily know how to do that as well as it thinks it does. It's almost like a like a primitive part of our brain. Right. And it's that like self-protection side of us but based on the wrong information based on perceived information not based on what our intuition and higher self knows is best for us
0: yeah absolutely and that's something that you sort of learn as as you go through a, a spiritual journey awakening whatever you call it you start to learn about these terms like intuition and not intuition in the sense that we're commonly used to and things like ego I had never heard of ego used in that sense until more recently, um, in more of the spiritual community, I suppose. So
1: right, I guess, th- yeah, because it could also be that like, I'm conceited ego side of things, which is what people t- often think of <laughs> when they hear ego is just that right. like, oh, that person has a huge ego. It's like, well, we all do.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's another way of looking at it for sure. So I want to know, What advice would you give yourself with the knowledge that you have today?
1: I think the advice I would give myself both as I started in hypnosis and going back decades, like back to when I was in college, is that the idea of having a spiritual practice, of developing your spiritual nature, is something that is accessible to everyone. It's not just for the chosen few. Because I know that back in college when I started getting interested in that, I didn't really see the point in pursuing it deeper because I thought it was only for other people. And I think that's a big thing that I think a lot of people feel, that you're either all in or all out. But now I think it's something that we all innately have and we just get to decide what we're going to do with that.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your story and your wisdom with us. And I know that it's going to help many people who are intended to listen to it. So thank you so much. Thank you. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, Love and light always.